You are now tuned into FNL Radio. Team Mike Noise! Team Mike Noise! Yeah! Run for cover, motherfucker! Hey, what is up, everybody, and welcome back to FNL Radio, people. We are still alive. We have a pulse. Um, we've been away for a good minute, but we are back, everybody. It's your boy, Doc, and got Monique on the other end as well. Hey, all my loves. How's everybody doing out there tonight on this cold, cold night? We have missed you guys so said we are still live we're still back just took a long 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 hiatus i think this is one of the longest you know breaks that we've ever had but um we are glad to be back with you guys tonight so thank you guys for rocking out and hanging out with us so you know we got a little got a good show playing for you guys we do we do and people we well we weren't technically a way away you know, you're following us on social media. You know, Monique was cutting up, getting, you know, people's mothers cursing her out on social media, on Twitter. Um, <laughs> we, we still did. <laughs> and Red by himself without me. Don't forget that pod, nigga. <laughs> and then, um, and then if you follow us on YouTube as well, people on our YouTube channel, where you can find this uh, podcast on as well, everybody, on FNL Radio. So, FNL Radio-TDR um, on YouTube. And we've been doing like our little uh, certain shows. We'll do like a watch with FNL type of situation. I think we try to come up with the title. The fans, uh, I forgot what we came up with already. Um, something, something you came. I've got the title that we came up with for the um, watch with FNL because that was just a tentative, temporary title. Oh, it was, um, I think it was called, like, Talk That TV Talk. Then, something along those lines. I don't understand how the brain with the operation. Um, forget what it was called. Don't you get the check for it, not me? You're just like the niggas that I work with. If I got to do your work and mine, I should be getting my fucking quadruple cut. Anywho, so... <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, we, um, we've been doing that. So, you know, you're always told us, um, watching our Black Ink and loving hip-hop and stuff like that, everybody. So, um, we'll continue to keep doing that as well, but one thing I figured, um, because it takes a lot of time for us to get camera ready, and sometimes um, doing the live show is a lot more taxing than um, as you get older. So, we decided... Well, don't tax into me when you're doing the shows back Take yourself. shows. This seems taxing to me. This is like it took all to get on and record. I see you do about four or five videos in the Rock Series new album. You did a review on um did one recently about a week ago. Remember that? This seems taxing to me to start your um Apple notebook up and start recording. Look, that was just to get the our feet wet back again. 
I know I I'll mentioned FNL Radio plenty of times, and FNL Radio is still the title of the show. So it was just. But you was looking for me. You were the only one that got on this side. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, how I missed this show. <laughs> but yeah, it's still, you can't remember the name of the night that you came up with. But you can record without me. Okay, that was just a couple of videos. That was all just to, you know, say that we're still here. You know, just to say that, you know, FNO is coming back soon, soon. For real, for real this time. So what you're telling me is you are admitting to the fact that you have been at Google Checks and that's how you bought that fucking blazer that you had on yesterday on that fucking spirit of Norfolk holiday party. Look, first off, shot. Shout out to my job. Like I shot my coworkers too, Laura, Jaleesa, Malik. Um, we all hung out yesterday, and then we all went out to uh, the grain at the main. Then we went to the Red Dog. We was on the Spirit enough before our, my job's holiday um, party. Celebrate forty years of my job. Uh, well, not me celebrating forty years at my job. Cause I'm not forty, but I mean like celebrating the company's forty three. So I had to. I was have some options and I posted it on Instagram too. Shout out to my followers on Instagram at Mr. Doc MR underscore DLC. And I asked you all, you okay. know, what should I wear? I gave you two options to vote from. I had the um I had this one blazer that's like tuxedo style with the kind of checkered like, but it's all black. I gave y'all that option. And then I had the red blazer. I had a black dress shirt at first. Then I changed it to a turtleneck with the gold rope chain. You know, something very 90s yet modern and, you know, very business. Like with my crop ankle H&M pants that I got on sale in New York City that were like $10. And that blazer, let me tell you about that blazer because it looks very expensive. And it was because it was from uh, Macy's. Originally, that blazer was like $250 because the Ralph, uh, it's Ralph Lauren. Uh, ever comma I bought it on sale for $10 but I got that blazer like five years ago and I've never worn it until yesterday for the party so that's the first time I ever worn that blazer and I got a lot of compliments for it now I don't know where y'all can find it at but good luck but that's that was one of the kind of blazers so I'm happy I went with that choice and um so contrary to belief it didn't take a lot of Google checks for that um blazer it was $10 five years ago so <laughs> Does that answer your question? So, and you ain't got to get name that motherfucking question. You was the one looking like Nino Brown in that motherfucking suit. Look, now the next time y'all see Monique in her um, Chanel brooch, her Gucci brooch and stuff like that, something something very high class, or you know, when she take her picture, she make sure she had the Mercedes emblem on the steering wheel showing, so she, or the BMW, whatever you got this week, because you know, so... <laughs> But again, I don't pride that I don't. I'm not proud of the girl to get it okay. So let's go back. Does that answer your damn question? Ain't that motherfucking question? You look very Nino Brownish. That's all I can say. Oh my goodness. Okay. Um. So. So. Uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna do this shit with you back and forth. I'm saying that now. This we gonna get out with this show. We just spit about. It. Seven minutes, Jody don't need to go back to work. I'm not gonna do this shit all night long. I gotta go to work in the morning back town. Family got school. I, I gotta go over too. I got um, home orders to um, send the court. So, anyways, um, 
I've been texting you all morning about the shit that went down about urban life. I, I exactly, because I want that. the Lord to be on my side. <laughs> so um, I'm not doing no take backs, uh, paying the forward. So let me get this one up. Oh goodness! Uh, so, <laughs> so our, uh, this is our show back, everybody. As you all know, and um, there's a lot of things that we have missed out on. So we're going to actually talk about those things when we do our year-end wrap-up special because, you know, for six months we've been away. You know, there's a lot that has happened. So we're going to talk about those things in our year-end uh, wrap-up special. But for tonight, everybody, for the past not even the full week, but like the past five days, there's been a big discussion amongst social media after singer Jacquees or Jacquees how you say I, I call him Jacquees but um or Jack Cheese as I usually call him but Jacquees he um made this Instagram video and he basically proclaimed himself as the new king of R&B so that brought a lot of you know attention to the cause uh, to the cause and it pretty much was kind of like the new, you know, people would say who's the best female rapper or type of thing. That's what the conversation brought to me because, like, when someone mentions who, you know, is the best, then it's like, okay, well, let's reevaluate this situation because who is the king of R&B? I've even had to change my Twitter tag to the king of R&B just so I can join in the mix. But, um, that... Well, yeah, I mean, he said of this generation. Now, you know, when we were the Soul Train Awards, yeah. the Soul Train Awards, that's when I learned, um, you know, because you are very much about a couple years. I learned. I said about a few years. <laughs> okay. I learned that um, he's a prodigy of um, Lil Wayne, so that explains well, why Bert, he looks just like Bert, him. Man. No, because it's actually Birdman, because Birdman tried to replace him with Lil Wayne. So, when Birdman, Lil Wayne was starting to have that beef, he made him his new son, basically. But, yeah. (laughs) I mean, which is like Lil Wayne. But, I mean, I don't know. You know, like you said, this sparked a whole debate now. And then we're going to get you guys to weigh in and tell us your take on it and, you know, find out for you guys who you guys feel like the king of R&B is. Now, again, like I said, this sparked a whole debate. Um, you know, some of our favorite celebs were weighing in. Some of our not-so-favorite celebs are like um, You know, he stated that basically, you know, that's just not true at all. When you look at this generation, the first person that comes to mind is Chris Brown. Just the number of hits that he, the number of hits that he's had, um, how he's always making moves, things like that. But um, Tank stated for him personally, he feels like the king of R&B should be R. Kelly. So I'm not sure about the Pete Piper, but you know, for me, what I can say is the king of R&B is always going to be motherfucking Bobby Brown. Exactly. If he told y'all asses. The Bobby Brown is and will forever always be the motherfucking king of R&B. I don't know how Jaquez, Tank, anybody else, Diddy, all these other people, I don't know how they fucking got it twisted. <laughs> but, um, you know, pretty much that's, that. you know, that's what they're saying. So, you know, I'm not sure. I guess when you look at this generation, you know, and the various cultures over time, you know, I guess I guess I just, I guess it leaves you know, a lot of room for discussion. Now, I like Jacquees 
as an as an artist. You know that twenty one with no kids, but the rain and this bitch, <laughs> and I don't really know the words. Oh yeah, that's my shit. I like that, and then I like that um bullshit song as well. I I don't think that's the name <laughs> of the song. But um, I do like that song. You guys know he was recently kind of in the headlines or in the news, if you will, because um, he remixed LMA's Trippin'. Um, never got permission for it. And it actually, at the time, like on YouTube and things like that, you know, it was getting the most views and getting played, you know, more than the original song. So, I, you know... I, I'm not sure. I think, you know, also, you know, when people do that, you know, I, I think he's also trying to stay a little bit relevant. So, like I said, I think this whole I'm the king of R&B of this generation in the same way for us to have this conversation. Yeah, and, and I was like, you know, nigga, you just performed at the Soul Train Awards. That's your first big award show you performed that, you know, in your eyes because, you know, Soul Train Awards to us is kind of like you know, not a. It's just like a not the bottom of the barrel award show, but it's like just the black award show just to be there. You know, at this point, but you know, you did a Soul Train Awards performance, and it was good. You know, it gave us '90s vibes and everything like that. You know, your '90s runs that you always do the. You know, you sing in a particular key. Uh, sometimes it's a little off, but you find a note very. You know, eventually, you know, you got a magic black situation going on. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it's flat like, um, dinner, <laughs> a baby there, a bra size, but, you know, it, it, you know, it is what it is, like I said, overall, I do like him, I like his style, um, you know, I think, he, I think he's a good artist, I think he needs a little bit more <laughs> development, <laughs> so to speak, or whatever, but, you know, I guess everybody's entitled to their own opinion. Yes, exactly. He has declared himself. He's a self-proclaimed king of RB of this generation. And then you have people like T.I. that actually, you know, pretty much was on his status that would listen. You know, he said of this generation, not like he said, you know, he's the greatest of it's all a- time. He said of this generation. And if that's what he wants to believe, then, you know, some people might just that, that little girl treasure on that the field thought, you know, know. says she white. Again, and that's what she believed. <laughs> and, you know, as for me yeah. in my house, we're going to always serve the Lord. And, you know, I got an eight-year-old. So, I, myself, just trying to, you know, stay up and keep up on the time. You know, just because of the fact that I have an eight-year-old and I got to stay up and keep up with him and you know, he lets me know what's popping. And, and what's that brings up the question of the generation of this generation conversation because of the fact that, you know, for me, I'm 28 and I guess because I've been like so into music since, you know, I was a baby. So my generation is like 90s, like your R. Kelly or your, um, who was from the 90s, Usher or, you know, a lot of very various people from that time frame. A lot, I'm going to name some of y'all options that y'all, or some of y'all choices y'all name it too. Some of y'all said Keith Sweat now. Wine and Keith Sweat is nobody's king of R&B. He's an ancestor of R&B. But he's not a king. Uh, yeah, I put him in that category whatsoever. Like you said, you know, there is Usher, um, R. Kelly, and, and again, 
when you take away and you strip mm-hmm. down all of that shit where R. Kelly, you know, the, the, the <laughs> you know, the sex they done. homes and I don't want their bedrooms, but the, you know, these places they cast for these girls and the, you know, video that he made and all those different things. We cannot deny that he put yeah. out hit after hit after hit after hit after hit. You know, he's very creative. Um, exactly. With writing for <laughs> niggas can't read and write. Very creative. You know, with his writing and producing exactly. and things like that. So those things you cannot deny. Um, like you said again, yeah. Again, I'm 30, so I got you by 10 years. So again, you know, when you look at my generation growing up again, you know, I was born in the 80s, um, 1980 to be exact, you know, so I lived through the 80s, obviously the 90s, I was 10 years, you know, I've been into music ever since I could probably listen to music. So, you know what I mean? So again, you know, when I think of King of R&B, again, I think of um, Bobby Brown. I do remember a lot of Keep Sweat growing up, but <laughs> no. I mean, I would not declare him <laughs> nobody's king of shit, but whining. Um, you know, uh, I mean, I'll be sure, but you can't really declare him the king. I, you know, the king RB, he didn't really, you know, have a, have a whole, whole lot of his. I'm just thinking about the people, you know, and the artists that I used to listen to growing up. Chuck, Chucky Booker <laughs> was another one. But again, why you wanna play your games on Yeah. Me? Why you wanna play? But you, you see what I'm saying? But he didn't really, you know, make hit after hit after hit. Um, You know, Rob Tresvent, same category. But mm-hmm. again, he didn't do as well as Bobby Brown did. John B but again he didn't do and so you know you think about those people that made those bangers whether it was you know a little ballad or it was something to get you moving and grooving so you know again I think we can go on that- and on and on with this discussion so Jacquees I mean you did that which was you know caused this explosion and this mass discussion and people you know of all generations are weighing in, but um, I don't, I don't know. King of R&B of, gen- of this generation, yeah, I think is a bit far fetched. <laughs> but again, exactly. you know, and that was another um, conversation <laughs> that came up too. And people declaring who the king of R&B is, you know, they were saying the, you know, what does it take to be a king of R&B? You know, and like you mentioned, R. Kelly. You know, all the shit aside from Robert Sylvester Kelly, even though he's peeing on people, getting peed on, shooting up um, premieres, allegedly, of his um, Lifetime special <laughs> that's coming on next month, and um, beating up women, Andrea Kelly, uh, having women in sex dungeons and stuff like that, and houses, and making the runaway from their parents, and holding little kids hostages. You know, all that shit aside... It's exactly. Hey, but all of that aside... R. Kelly is a genius. Like he can't. It's a genius, and it's a gift that he can't read or write, and don't know how to count money. But the fact that he can write a song for not just himself, but for everybody, and produce for not just himself, but for everybody, that just shows the gift that he has there that can't be you know denied. You know, so I. And then. Oh, and you guys, you know, you know, and again, mm-hmm. you, I grew up in the era where videos were popular. 
And so then going back to that, you know, when you think yeah. about look at the trap in the you're trapped in the closet, exactly. that whole video, that was a fucking movie production. Then you can yeah. add in, you know, when mm-hmm. he teamed up with Ron Asley, yeah, Kevin Price. He put Kevin like, Price was, on the fucking map. And those were moments like those You know what I mean? Yeah, even though I think when she started, she started off. You should know this better than anybody. Then she kind of started off with Bad Boy. I believe. Yeah, she was kind of like, yeah, she was in More Money, More Problems, but didn't put her in the video. But she was singing the hook with More Money, More Problems from um, B.I.G. and um, Puffy and Mace. And look how I believe I can fly just took off. That was uh, that was on the soundtrack for a cartoon movie for Space. Yeah, and. You know what I mean? That just took off. I wish. Um, feeling like That's what this is my song for real, no doubt. You know, the whole remix. 12 play album was my motherfucking shit. You know yeah. what I mean? So, and everybody's still fucking yes, chocolate yes, factory. Yes, yeah, so. So, we can't deny that he done had some motherfucking babies. Exactly. And, um, you know, Every now and then, you know, when I had my cookout every summer, I played backyard party. So, again, mm-hmm. we uh, given, you know. Even though we're supposed to give him right now, but we, we know it, it is what it is. Um, and then also, um, Usher was a topic of discussion as well. You know, Usher, he, you know, came out the game in yeah. 93, you know, as a young kid. And then, you know, 97, when My Way came out, that really put him on the map. 8701 is... Actually, I'm sorry, people. Confession is a bomb ass album, but I kind of low key like eight seven one a little better than Confessions. Like, I guess Confessions is hands down a masterful album. But yeah, I, Confessions one of my fa- Confessions, excuse me, is one of my favorite albums. Yeah, of his. What y'all know about a supermodel? It, Sorry, yeah, and Usher, like, he definitely, you know, again, one of those artists that can do R&B. He'll do other genres of music as well. So he, I, you know, and I think he might be in that, you know, conversation as well as uh, King of R&B. When people say Chris Brown, though, it, it's a little weird for me because of the fact that you, people got to remember Chris Brown came out 2005. So that decade you know, alone, that, that was like the 2000s still. Now we're in the 2010s, about to be in the 2020s. So those are whole different type of generations because some of those kids who are in this conversation now who's like 15 years old, they weren't even around when Chris Brown just came out with Run It. So, you know, for Chris Brown, he's, you know, a lot of people say he's the king of R&B or they put him in that conversation. I will put him in there too because Christopher... You know, Maurice Brown, even though he had his troubles, he, you know, reconciled himself very well. That, you know, we haven't talked about him this whole year on FNL, except for some good stuff. And then um, you had to think about it, too. He writes, he produces. He had that long-ass album with 48 million songs up there. And I still didn't listen to the album. The last album. But, yeah. he, um, but he did a very, you know, he it shows he's really into this music. Like, he really lives and breathes yeah. music. And then again, and then that kind of also goes back to the videos. He had some very, you know, very creative videos. Um, you know? Yeah. So, again, Jacquees, it looks like you got some work to do, my nigga. Exactly. If you want to be, like I said, again, self-proclaimed, nigga, I believe if you don't believe in yourself, nobody fucking else will. But you got some goddamn work to do. And you got some goddamn big-ass shoes to fill if that's what you 
proclaimed to be. Exactly, because uh, y'all stop saying Trey Songz. Trey Songz, nobody's king of R&B. Trey Songz can sing, but he's nobody's <laughs> king of R&B. Uh, <laughs> and, and some of these other... What a the nigga from Petersburg. Why he can't? <laughs> Be the Look now, you, it takes a lot more than to just do. I used to see him walking around keys to make it all the fucking exactly dad. with well, Dolan Dream by the Amtrak by the um by the railroad tracks in Petersburg. It, you know, it it's, it takes a lot more than that. But he he could be there one day. You know, his music kind of suffered a little bit. Is you know, but if he gets on the right track like he was, like his first album was, it's to me his first album. I got to make it. I mean, he even had Aretha Franklin on that album. I mean, that shows you he was bound to do something until, <laughs> until he got a little hood hole um, energy and started. Well, and I think this is what happened for him. He was kind of always kind of in Chris Brown's shadow. Mm-hmm. And then you guys know when Chris Brown got in trouble behind whipping Rihanna's ass and, you know, all that stuff happened, he pretty much kind of got his you know, recognition and notoriety and he was kind of on the map. Then, you know, again, after Chris, you know, Chris Brown apologizes from falling from grace and, you know, gets himself back in the groove of things, then Trey Songz, and this is just my own personal opinion, but then Trey Songz kind of, you know, falls back off. Nobody forgets who he is, but again, he is not up there, like you said, with Chris Brown. Yeah. Oh well, you know we not gonna count. Yeah, we're not gonna count him out, but you know, but um, he's not the king. He he could be a prince or you know an emperor, but you know he he can't be the king. King, you know. Why I say at night? Yeah, at night. Yeah, <laughs> so you know he could be at night. Yeah, you know, and you know, and then of course, like you said, it's a conversation that keep going, it can keep going, and keep going because people confuse it too when they say this generation. They're saying like prince and all of them. You know, that's if we do the overall who's the king of R&B, but if you just talking about generation to generation, then this generation, I would say. And then, you know, I've seen, I saw some comments where people said, oh, Beyonce was Yeah. <laughs> so like you said, you know, like I said, um, you know, the conversation, we could probably go on and on for days and days. We not, Mm-mm. but we could. Can we put Casey in there? Ooh, yeah. Can we put well, yeah. I mean, I mean, he's singing for chicken tenders now in concerts. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, again, when you think about it, uh, KC and JoJo, you know, uh, KC, JoJo, even a JoJo mm-hmm. single song album never gets exactly. old. And um, I know you have Sirius XM as well as I mm-hmm. do. They always pay, play in the, um, a KC and JoJo song or Jodeci song, and I never get tired of hearing this great moment or you know forever my lady. Exactly. And, so, and another comp- something someone else brought up too when they said um it was someone on Instagram I can't find your name right now I'm just going to put you on the spot but someone said that Jacqui sings better than Cisco. Now for all the blonde dye in Cisco's hair and the platinum um silver hair, that nigga can out sing some damn Jacquees at the end of the day, point blank in the period. So, you know, Cisco, even though he might be into the dragon somewhere, you know, with his new quote unquote wife, you know, he he can sing his ass off for real for real. So Yeah, he has real raw talent. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not sure, man, what you talking exactly. about. Exactly. I mean this nigga made a whole song about a thong, so you know, that's that's kingdom right there. So um, 
but like we said, this can be an on on conversation. So we we'll, might do a part two because it's too many niggas to try to name as the king of R&B. <laughs> but just separate came, y'all. Jay Holiday, you know about this king of R&B too. You're not even the night. You're not even on the same pedestal. You're not even a thought anymore. Yeah, I would. Your, we left, yeah, we left you to bed. The member from him is put you to bed. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so yeah, and, and Tyrese, you shouldn't be in nobody's conversation at this present moment because we're just trying to figure out why you're still here. And then also, Tank, like you said, you just got your one big hit in the past 15 years and you all of a sudden now Mr. Big guy. Yeah, what about that young man you put all star? Would you declare him the king? <laughs> would you de- what happened to her? Hell, I don't know, would young you sir. Her- yeah, would you declare her the king? The RB? <laughs> Shit. What happened to that young man you just put down? Exactly. So, um, <laughs> and then TGTG, why I fucked y'all up. <laughs> So, oh goodness! So it, it again, people. It could be an on-on conversation. So we'll definitely. Yeah, and then you know, I hate to put it, you know, and this is the last person I'm gonna talk about, Jerry Levert. Um, go back so a few more generations. Look at Jerry Levert. Exactly. So. Mm. So we we will um, definitely continue this whole conversation down the road. Um, now moving on to another topic of conversation. So me and Monique. At, you know, although we haven't been doing the show, we do keep up with a lot of the shows that have been on TV. So every Saturday, we do keep up with this show called, um, and we haven't promoted it. And I only promote it right now because of the fact that, you know, this is last season. But Michelle Williams and Chad, her fiance Chad Johnson, I feel like we probably mentioned them once upon a time on a show earlier this year that she got engaged. I think we might have been around for that time frame. But we we might have yeah Tanitra so Tanitra we yeah we we did but what we did not talk about was yeah. the hospitalization we congratulated her for her engagement but we did not talk about the hospitalization so yeah <laughs> so y'all know Michelle Williams and her um pastor fiance Chad Johnson they were all on this whole promotional trail promoting this own network show uh that's an eight part series called Chad Loves Michelle. And we've been, we fell into the trap. We've been watching it every Saturday. We just, I feel like me more so, I was watching it just to be nosy. Cause I was like, okay, Michelle finally got her, you know, her love. You know, she was the last Destiny's child to actually find love in a hopeless place. So it was like, okay. Kelly, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know. You know, and the person that they're always laughing at, joking at, you know, she everybody's laughing with her, but they really laughing at her. So I think pretty much, you know, I think probably ninety-nine point nine percent of us too did be nosy. Then you had that what's it one percent of the population that was probably very happy for her. Um, you know, and wanted to see her. Um, you know, go ahead and walk down that aisle and maybe give Chad some babies. But I think from the moment, and again, this show has only two episodes left, so it'll probably come on this Saturday and um, next Saturday, I'm assuming. Um, Mm -hmm. Christmas isn't until the week after. But, um, you know, it's only two episodes 
left. But I think from the moment that this show came on, you know, people kind of were criticizing, you know, this whole show and why would you do something like this? And it takes a look at a lot of different things that happened. So, and it, and, and it, you and I talked about this, it kind of started off, it was very bizarre because it, again, it starts off with um, kind of, you know, a small snippet of how they met. And then it kind of goes into him going to her hometown. I mm-hmm. what she's from Chicago. And, you know, he meets her family that he's never met before. He, um, you know, tells them that he's going to propose to her. He gets back to L.A. He proposes to her. So, you know, they're happy. They're in love. And boom. <laughs> halfway through the first episode, you know, breaking news is headline about her checking herself into a mental health hospital um you know because of her bouts of depression and her struggling with this mental illness of depression and so then I guess after that you kind of see every episode it shows them going to um counseling with Dr. Tama who <laughs> is beginning to become the resident um Los Angeles or California, if you will, um, therapist. She's been on VH1. I think, wasn't she the one seeing I think, here? yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> on Love and Hip Hop Hollywood. So, you know, you see them kind of going um, through that. But like I said, from the beginning of the first episode, like I said, people were, you know, just kind of questioning, like, why would you do this? Why do you have it out? You know, um, you know, why would you expose your life like this? And then I think there was always some questions. I think the second episode is where people kind of started questioning, I guess, Chad and, you know, his love for her really, you know, what was kind of going on. You know, there was a part in that episode where they went to the counselor and they were talking about, um, you know, pretty much Mm -hmm. race relations and, you know, kind of you know, how do you deal with it in a interracial relationship? And she was stating, I guess they were having a, they were trying to have a conversation about it. He just, you know, kind of feels like, well, you know, uh, racism, uh, you know, we don't have to deal with it. We don't have to talk about it. You know, I know I'm white. I know you're black, you know, and it just is what it is. And so I guess she was kind of talking harsh to him. And she said something like, you know, you want to understand this because this is how black folks talk. And then he looked at her and yeah. she the day. <laughs> so, you know, again, you know, it's a little, you know, you know, people again were questioning, you know, well, why wouldn't he want to have a conversation about race and things like that? And then we, Trump supporter, and mm. you know, just a whole lot of different things. So oh, I don't think that this was. Um, yeah, know, I'm trying to say it in the best way possible, um, without kind of going in, going in. But this probably wasn't a good situation for you in the first place. And then when it takes it, then you know, the show takes a deeper dive into his own personal yes. issues. He got this crazy ass fucking sister who think that she, who think that he had the sister thinks that he's her nigga versus her brother. He on national TV almost damn near having a mental health breakdown herself because she feels like Michelle is taking her brother from her and he's always taking care of her and her kids and you know the question I had is but you keep having these goddamn babies so you fucking and sucking somebody where is you know 
why aren't you in a relationship with this person? Why isn't he helping you take exactly. care of you and all these motherfucking kids? So that's one issue. Then another issue is um, you know, he got these parents that ain't quite stable when they were little, the mom and the daddy, they divorced. Well, <laughs> the daddy, I guess when they split, the daddy keeps calling them every other day, talk about he gonna take his motherfucking life. And um, so you know, him as a child, mm-hmm. he gets so worried about his daddy. Um he goes and live with he goes and live with his daddy. So then he don't have much of a relationship with the mama. Then, you know, at this point, he is torn and trapped in this relationship with Michelle. She got these mental health issues going on. So he feels as if he always has Make sure she to drink her water, take care of her. You know. <laughs> yeah. Eat them runny ass fucking eggs that he cooked. Then you know he can't do nothing right. She make the runny ass ass because she say that's how she like it. They too much fucking <laughs> runny. I don't like my bacon this motherfucking crispy bitch. If you don't drink this motherfucking orange juice, yeah. these goddamn eggs and bacon's bitch, you battle. So you know, and then on top of that, he's struggling with the fact that he has been in the ministry. For all of these years, he's a chaplain for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's been going worldwide on this worldwide tour for years, ministering to people, you know, um, trying to save souls. But then he feels like he can't mm-hmm. get ahead and, you know, pretty much pass to his own church. So it's just a whole lot, a whole lot, a whole lot, a whole lot, a whole lot of layers on top of layers, layers on top of layers, layers on top of layers. And again, that's part of life. But when you mix all that in with the craziness and the foolishness that goes on with those two, this relationship exactly. Is and I feel like for them, everything was probably better for them before we got exposed to who they really were as a couple. Because when we look on social media, we didn't know shit about Chad Johnson. We just thought he was a I, for me because he got the last name Johnson, and we know that's one of the common black folk last names. So I was on the assumption that he was just a light skin or mulatto, but whole time he just white white. So that's one thing there. You know, I thought he had, a, you know, his dad died of diabetes. So I'm thinking, okay, that's a black story right there. So <laughs> I just assumed that he was. <laughs> yeah. And then you got this, you know, then he <laughs> got these grandparents that he grew up with. And they he don't really know how they going to take the fact exactly. that he's black. And, you know, just a whole lot of foolishness. Just like I said, layers on type of layers on type of exactly. layers of fucking foolishness and fuckery. So again, Tanitra, this is probably probably wasn't the best and ideal situation for you to enter into. But I think this came out last Friday. But you know, she also has a new single out called Fearless. And so um her mm-hmm. Instagram story has since been deleted. But she basically put this up. Um, I still remain fearless. I guess I still remain single. Things didn't work out. The healing that needs to take place is a must. And girl, but you couldn't have said it better. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I don't want to destroy another relationship. Blessings to him, his family, and ministry. Hashtag fearless. So, and then again, she had this friend, George. He was all up in their business. You know, again, and bitch, and then the raw thing, you could have exactly. done with this motherfucking pastor Gray <laughs> and that wife of his. <laughs> so, John Gray and the wife of his. <laughs> and then, you know, 
I think she needs this, you know, and then she had these, um, and then I think, you know, and as we saw, like, like the last two episodes, she was teaming up with, you know, other first ladies trying to, I guess, gear and prepare her that in case this man got a church and he became pastor, she would then become the first lady. Well, then on the flip side of it, you still a part of <laughs> Destiny's trying to, this is where I was motherfucking confused. Now, I ain't heard Beyonce I guess it's all up to her. I ain't heard Beyonce, Matthew knows, Tina knows, <laughs> Kelly Rowland, Baby Titan, Blue Ivy. None of these people say the Destiny's Child was getting back together. They was going to have some comeback to or anything like that. But the flip side is it, the flip side is you are a first lady, but you still a part of Destiny's Child. People don't forget that your ass Yeah, talking about he the one that going home tonight. You know, so, uh, you know, you got look for a soldier. You got your whole version, you know, catered to you. <laughs> I mean, you're the queen of bridges. We're going to say that. You know, that's your one title that you can never take away from Michelle, that she's the queen of the bridges. But, um... <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah, and so then, you know, just... <laughs> just by um, chance and circumstance if y'all should have a comeback to it then you got to go back to the church after you done twerked and everything else on the goddamn stage you know probably fail because you know you can't stop falling on the stage and all that other stuff <laughs> then you got to go back to your congregation and explain why you ain't been in the goddamn church for six months and you've been everywhere twerking and jerking and gyrating and half dressed and you know and like you said catering to you and being a soldier and all this other bullshit so it's like I said layers on top of layers exactly. on top of layers of foolishness and fuckery so you know girl we wish you the best we do hope you get the motherfucking help that you need and deserve and the same goes for that nigga that you was dating nope. because again he won't write either you know he his, he got some mental health issues too. They just won't blatant, and I don't think he wanted to admit it. But that motherfucking sister, not- that relationship, you can't tell me that's normal. Because again, she, that bitch had about five kids. So obviously, at some point, you got a nigga somewhere you fucking and sucking Exactly. Why you taking care of your kids man? that Why you got with other niggas. But that's not as. I mean, if she had a baby that was literally about four months. So you recently was fucking, yeah. So you recently was fucking and sucking, but you don't rely on um, the the nigga that you just fucked to to take care of your kids. You looking for your, yeah. And at one point he sat her down and was like, well, what do you really expect? Are you truly expecting me to say, hey, I'm just calling my engagement off with um, with Michelle and, um, you know, it you know, not go on in any other relationships and it's just always about you and your kids. And her answer, even though she wanted to say (laughs) that, she was looking at him like, yeah, nigga, that's yeah, that's what I want you to do. And again, I don't think if anybody can't be more happy. Exactly. And then also, um, Michelle too, now if y'all don't know, for the past few weeks she's been in New York because she was on Broadway. She returned to Broadway because she is, you know, she is under she has under her belt as well. She's done Broadway plays before, so she was in this Broadway play called Once uh, on This Island, and she was there for, like I said, the past few weeks. But as of yesterday, she had to take a leave of absence from her role as the goddess Ursula in the Broadway play, and she only joined the cast two weeks ago. But has been advised by her doctors to step away from the Tony Award winning show beginning on Wednesday, which was today. Uh, well, it, this show was taped, people, so never mind. This was um this week. Since the show is taped, and y'all will hear this on Friday, 
But uh, they said fact, in the uh, statement, they said effectively immediately, Michelle T. Williams, at least they put that T in there, Michelle Tanitra Williams has been advised by her doctors to take a leave of absence from performing. A representative for Michelle had no comment at the time. And this, again, come at the heels of her breakup. So it makes me wonder, is she sick or is she back in, you know, having a mental you know, situation because this is a lot that's happening at her at one time, and then it's more public than ever now because of the TV show. Because it's still the commitment for the show. Even other this uh, this week when the breakup happened, I was being nosy, and you know when you know it's real on social media when someone breaks up if they following each other still. So I was looking to see if Michelle was still following Chad, and she wasn't. And then Chad wasn't following Michelle anymore. And then they had this one page together called Chad and Michelle. That page was um, inactive earlier this week, but then the show, then the page became active again as of yesterday, because of the fact that I guess because Saturday's coming up, the new episode's coming on. They still got that to own. Yeah, and they have a contractual application. But the whole relationship again, it makes it's one of those things where when you're about to get with somebody or when you're just in a dating phase, you know, this is what dates are for before you get into a relationship. You need to know everything out on the table. So, you know, Michelle Williams, she's talked about depression before when she was on Breakfast Club, like, in 2012. So this is nothing that's new or brand new information. She's talked about this stuff before. We didn't know it was that deep where she had to go into a mental institution, but the fact that she has, you know, said she's dealt with this before and she's been a part of Destiny's Child for the past 20 years. So you know what her lifestyle is like outside of, you know, saying I had a word, I, you know, I heard a word and, you know, still away, uh, still away and whatnot. But then you got to. I didn't hear that word yet, but she, hopefully she'll be fine. <laughs> and, um, and again, Michelle, just take your you know, advice with Jesus say yes, you know, I guess somebody can say no too. But at the same time, it just got to make sure, you know, it, it, looking at the show too, I looked at um, the episode again yesterday from what happened last Saturday. You can tell Chad is not really, if he keep going around the circus giving you a, a, a wedding date, that nigga don't want to marry you. I mean, he's been going in circles, yeah. lying in front of the other pastors yeah, at the was... AME church at that, and said that, oh, we got a date, and they just put you in the car. If this that ain't for the kingdom of God, where's that for the kingdom of God? <laughs> yeah. You the pastor, and you and walking, like that? But come on, God. that's not the story, though. So, I mean, again, Michelle, you should have all the signs there yourself. Yeah, and that, yeah, and that was another yeah, and that was another thing that I forgot to touch on because even when I watched it last week when you picked me sleep. up last Saturday but I digress. Um, that was one thing that I tweeted. I was like, okay, here the fuck we go again. At the beginning of the episode, he told her, go ahead and pick out your dress and let your mama know you're going to have a date. And then by the end of the, by the, end of the episode, he don't really know yeah. what was after. Then I talked to fucking John Gray who basically <laughs> basically that told him you know, you need to set a date that their wife having to tell her all kind of foolishness. And that's and the fucked up part for so, mental health. So, you see what I'm saying? Too. And then by the end of the episode, her again. Yeah, that doesn't help her mental health issues whatsoever. And then, um, but then again, this may be his mental health coming into play too, or maybe he exercising his common sense and was like, okay, exactly. I'm not gonna have to be taking care of her. And you know, he almost act like you know, then you don't want to be in a relationship or even in a marriage with somebody and you scared to leave the house for fear that they gonna have a you know, that they're yeah. not gonna be well. You know what I mean? And 
it's you know it's a lot of pressure and then that's the other thing that he was saying you know it's it's pressure to take care of her and then you know then you're responsible for a whole ass congregation people call you in the middle of the night when somebody die you gotta have some words of encouragement when somebody go to the one of your members go to the hospital in the middle of the night and get some life altering news you gotta have words of encouragement for that you know if the deacon don't answer the phone mm-hmm. you the person you know so you know like I said, it is like you said, you said, <laughs> the fucking exactly. So, we're going to see how this whole thing pans out by the end of the last episode, episode eight, and we'll see if this was for show, show, or this for real, real. So, we, we shall see what happens. But, um, another couple that, um, uh, I mean, I guess I saw them going the distance a little bit because of the fact that they both kind of act alike in a sense. Um, but Cardi being offset, so you know they just had coach five months ago, mm-hmm. and now Cardi B announced last week that her and Offset are getting a divorce. So she says that you know, and she said it very calmly, so you know she had time to think about this. She had to wait until so moment, and she basically said that you know we're we're going to be continue to be friends, co-parenting. They're going to you know they got businesses together and stuff like that that they still got to handle, but they are no longer going to be together. Uh, she doesn't want to be with him, and this all comes from. And this, we've heard plenty of stories of Offset cheating on Cardi. This is before they even got what well, we knew that they were married. We just thought they were engaged. But when they got married a year ago in October, stories came out about him getting someone pregnant and everything like that under the sun before as well. So, but this time he allegedly uh, cheated with uh, a model named Summer Bunny, and then he had another person one of these dream rappers. So there's a lot of these dream girl rappers out here. I don't know which one. I don't know if it's Malibu Dream, Dream Dog, Dream Cash Dog. I don't know which one of these dog girls it was. But he had some texts with one of the dream girls and um well the dream rappers. And basically that's what offset um Cardi. <laughs> so um now that you know they're going haven't gone through this situation, he coming under her page with the video saying, Y'all won. So I mean I wasn't counting them out wasn't you know but yeah. you cheated so and yeah and i think now and then to my understanding this all kind of came about i guess because summer bunny and like you said one of the dream girls were friends and i guess he was mm-hmm. trying to arrange some type of threesome between the three of them i guess when dream girl said no um i guess some mm-hmm. feel down to do whatever they yeah, and then they fell out. Dream one of Dream Girls and Summer Bunny fell out. So then she kind of put it out there, like you know, the whole time you were trying to be cool with Cardi B, trying to kick it with her, wanted her to put you on, and the whole time you fucking, you know, tr- trying to fuck or used to have fun. And then the latest thing that just came out as of today, basically. So they're going to be spending the holidays together, which, of course, I suppose they got a co-parent. You know, Mariah and Nick still do it. Russell and Kimora still do it. So um, one of the sources told TMZ that uh, Daddy, well, they eloquently put it, Daddy wants to come home for Christmas, saying that uh, Offset is hoping to spend time with his wife and daughter, especially given that this is Culture's very first holiday season. Um, they say that he bought a lot of gifts for culture and for Cardi, but apparently she hasn't made up her mind if she'll allow Offset to celebrate the holidays with her as a family. And that um, he also have all those other kids from his previous relationships, too. So I'm pretty sure he got a lot of houses to go to, that not just that one. 
So, you know. Yeah, and like I said, to me, I kind of believe, I don't really think that this is over. Because, you know, when she made that video, she was slow to say, well, because what she said was, well, it's going to take some time to get a divorce. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I was like, well, you know, if you, <laughs> you know, really, with, yeah, you really want brain, it's probably going to take some time because you, you guys do have a child together. Um, You know, a lot of times when you divorce and there's children involved, um, you know, in certain states, and I don't know about New York, but in certain states, there, you know, when there's a child involved, you have to wait a whole year anyway, you know, for the chance of reconciliation, mm-hmm. getting back together, co-parenting, things like that. Um, but again, you know, I feel like you know, if it's done, if you, if if you're done with it, it's over. Regardless of the waiting period, I would still go ahead and file for the legal separation piece of it to go ahead and initiate. I haven't heard now. I don't live with them. I haven't heard that that's happened. But, you know, kind of the way to me, she was unsure about, you know, she wanted to let you niggas know that um, the divorce is going to take some time because I think that she's going to probably end up back with him and then I read something the other day stated that she was considering possibly taking him back now I don't know how true that is again because it was a gossip you know it was a gossip website so Mm -hmm. I don't know but um, girl we wish you all the best you and for the culture baby culture you know exactly so we shall see what happens with that Um, but then now that we um, or just you know, well, just not live, everybody. So you know, we do the show, you know, off the when usually it's live, we do it off the uh, whole situation, like we just do it off the whim. But uh, apparently, that this Drake and uh, Kanye beef is getting a little um, escalated right now on social media. So earlier, um, remember Drake mentioned Kim or something, or she might be Kiki and in my feelings. And then Drake, uh, Kanye had some problems about that, and Drake said that Kanye told Pusha T about the little baby. Uh, Adidas or whatever his little name is, Aziz or Adonis, whatever the baby name is, and then that's why Drake had to come out with the whole situation that the song "Lift Yourself" from Kanye was supposed to be for Drake, and that's why Kanye ended up doing the scoopy de boop be boop be boop on that song instead, and so many other stuff. So a whole lot of stuff going on. So now Kanye is tweeting out when Cudi was in the hospital, he sent shots. When I go through shit, he fucks with me and I'm his idol. When Cuddy was in the hospital, oh, he said, basically said the same thing twice. Okay, you double tweet on um, Kanye, take your meds. Uh, he running around like Pac. Everybody knows somebody. I got a family and kids. Six nine is locked up. Triple S is dead. The kid that ran on stage is in the hospital. It just doesn't sit right on my spirit. What the hell are you calling about Kanye? Never mind. I'm, I'm not going to talk about Kanye right now. I got to let him get his meds uh, situated real quick. But um, <laughs> So moving on to another situation with a couple. So talk about a ride or die. So y'all know El Chapo. Remember they had that whole situation where you found out Chapo, you get like a hundred something million dollars or something crazy. Well, nobody really found out Chapo like that, but he did get locked up. Now his wife is out here talking in these streets and she's 29 years old, but she looked like she's about 40. So. <laughs> I don't know none of what you're talking about. Who was El Chapo? And why does his wife say she put it out and look like she's the, uh, He's the Mexican what? kingpin. Like he was out here killing bodies and stuff like that run the terrorists on people. He got juries killed and stuff like that. He's a man of his word. If he if he don't fuck with you, he mad at you, he will get you killed in these streets. That's why I'm choosing my words slightly on this show because I don't know if you got hitters out here listening on the web. So I'm gonna choose my words uh, nicely so El Chapo don't uh, chop us. But um, <laughs> his wife said that uh, she did an interview with Telemundo on Monday 
And in the interview, she said she had no idea that El Chapo was a criminal and that she has never seen him do anything illegal, saying that the media has built up this image of him being the drug kingpin. And she said, of course not. The media outlets gave um, Joaquin, that's his real name, too much fame. They made him too famous. So basically, she's saying she don't know shit, but she probably really do. So that's what you call the true ride or die. So a lot of people on social media are going with it, and um, they're saying, Sish said, y'all heard something? Then someone said, need someone disloyal. Someone said, ride or uh, really seriously probably die. Um, and just period. She, she don't know shit and just leave it at that. So that's what you call a ride or die. So I guess we're gonna give you the ride or die award other night. Um what's her name? I don't know, but she looked like she said she looked a little forty. She don't like her age. I'm twenty eight and she looked like this at twenty nine. That's the problem. You need to moisturize a little better, baby girl. So move on. I don't know none of what you're talking about. I'm happy to Yeah, he's <laughs> Bobby. So while you Googling El Chapo, we got to give a clap, clap, bravo to Janet Jackson, who has been inducted into the 29 um, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame next year, everybody. So at the two nominations, uh, and with the criteria for um, being nominated, you have to be in the industry for 35 years after your first album release. So she's more than past that prime. But <laughs> El Chapo was like do. Kim Kardashian. <laughs> That's why she looked a little aged. But um, she um, <laughs> but Janet has um been nominated. Uh, she's been inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for next year. So this will be um happening in January and it'll be um broadcast on HBO. It happens in Cleveland, Ohio. So clap, clap, bravo to Janet Jackson for this major accomplishment. She's been getting a lot of awards and a lot of flowers this year. You know, she got the um your Music Awards, the Billboard Music Award, uh, the Radio Disney Music Award. She got another award that she's getting in uh, Japan or something like that next week. So she's out here collecting these legendary Lifetime Achievement Awards. So it's about time. You know. Well, yeah, that's a good thing. I, I guess y'all gonna let is, is your cousin gonna let old Catherine ass out the goddamn closet and give her her cell phone so she can go to the award ceremony. <laughs> oh, goodness. What a time on that show, everybody. Mm-hmm. That episode. My goodness. <laughs> <laughs> So, moving on now to another story, everybody. So, y'all know I still have little um, god kids. I have little nieces and nephews and stuff like that. So, Sesame Street is still a very pivotal part of the um, television experience of today's uh, generation. So, Sesame Street producers are wanting to teach... And I'm laughing because Jaden just came in here and I had to, you know, put my thing up to my mom, like, be quiet. And so I have, obviously, so I have my <laughs> laptop out, my book out, and I have it on the story about little Lily from Sesame Street. Because <laughs> I didn't know he was up here, should be in the bed sleep. He was like, what the hell is that? What are you watching, mom? But you couldn't hear him. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, speak. <laughs> well, Street. And then we go right to this story. He was, he was like, what the hell is that? What do you watch? I'm in tears. Oh, my goodness. So, <laughs> so the Sesame Street producers want to teach their young viewers about homelessness by introducing the popular... Um, children's show very first homeless muppet 
So the, the little girl's name, uh, she's a pink felted seven-year-old named Lily to help viewers understand the hunger and food insecurity. So a new series of videos will now explore how Lily learns to cope with her family losses and um, when the family loses their home and she's forced to stay with friends on Sesame Street. Um, they say everyone else is going home and, well, I miss our apartment and now we don't have our own place to live. And sometimes I wonder if we'll ever have our own. That's a little sad. So, you know, with this little girl, Lily, you know, Sesame Street, they touch on a lot of issues for a lot of young kids to understand people. And I feel like this little girl will teach people to be more compassionate to those who have less than them and to be more understanding of their circumstances and not always, you know, especially in the day of bullying and stuff like that, make them feel more, you know, more compassionate towards their situation, their circumstances. But that led me to believe, you know, have I been lied to all these years of my life because... I've been watching Sesame Street since, you know, when I was a baby. You know, that's like the go-to show when you were a baby. So I'm trying to figure out Oscar the Grouch now. I was under the impression that Oscar the Grouch was a homeless man because he lived in the trash can and he was dirty as hell. <laughs> but y'all mean to tell me that Oscar the Grouch not homeless, he just like to live in the trash can. <laughs> well, I don't know what to say about this. First of all, my bad ass kid don't, don't watch Sesame Street. First of all, it was so this this you don't you know how bad it is. This wouldn't affect him at all. And that's that's my question too. Like, well, what the fuck was Oscar the Grouch doing this whole motherfucking time? You mean to tell me this nigga love to live in the trash can? And that was just normal. <laughs> that ain't I don't know no motherfucker that live in a trash can. But um, then <laughs> my other question is, you know, if this is designed to teach, you know, kids, well, because I was going to say that if in real life, if you have <laughs> you can't watch this much because you don't have no money. <laughs> oh, oh, God. But I guess, you know. <laughs> I guess it's just that for those kids that, you know, are, you know, better well off and to do when they see an episode <laughs> like this and they maybe go to school and see a child that's less fortunate and less than, you know, they do have a little compassion and courtesy. <laughs> now, let me tell you something, Lily. It's one motherfucking thing to live with people, but don't take advantage of motherfuckers because they're being nice to you. Case in point. <laughs> The shit I went through this goddamn morning. I'm not homeless by any stretch of the goddamn means. And I don't think either was this bitch. She was kind of taking what she could be this morning in her urban life. Um, you know, Lily, just if you're going to stay with other people, just be nice. Respect, respect everything. Um, Yandy, your uh, foster daughter actually might like this episode. <laughs> okay. No, I'm trying to figure out. Now, hold on, so, hold on. Now I got a question now. Lily. Why are your parents like you stay with people on Sesame Street? Shouldn't CPS put you in like a home or something or try to put you? I'm concerned now. Okay. This is New York City. We got Oscar the Grouch lying to us all these years. He's just a dirty nigga that won't live in the trash can. Might be a crackhead uncle. But I mean, still, Lily. I, let me see. Lily don't look too dirty. She look like. Yeah, I'm looking at it. She got little yeah. headbands around her head. A little good little action. Little necklace on. I don't. Yeah, and maybe Oscar the Grouch could maybe he could find some room in that goddamn trash can and let you and your mom and your daddy. Yeah, because I don't know, and I don't really, you know, I I guess I don't know. I 
I didn't know. Well, I, I do know the Sesame Street still comes on, but like I said, <laughs> my last kid never really watched Sesame Street. Um, like I said earlier, if you're from. So, but you know, when I was a kid, I grew up on Sesame Street. I was in the Sesame Street Club. I got the magazines every month, the stickers that came in the mail and stuff like that. So, was it Sesame Street or 27th um, Street? <laughs> 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 well, I say earlier, well, y'all going to shoot first. So, I but that, but I can... <laughs> <laughs> that bitch had me all the way fucked up, but that goddamn urban life. <laughs> Praise the bitch. Oh. I guess I'll tell my story at the end of this at the end of the yeah. show about yeah. my urban life experience. But yeah, um. I, you know, Lily, we're going to wish you and your family all the best. Now, I'm not sure how many segments or episodes that this is going to happen. Like I said, I don't really know too many little kids that watch Sesame Street anymore. Like I said, I know for myself, my child has just never been in the Sesame Street. And I actually tried to get him into it because that's what I grew up on. Yeah, him about that life. Not at all. Because I can't even tell you <laughs> what he was doing. Oh, God. <laughs> oh my goodness. So moving on now to um one of our good sisters and um deaconess of the show, Sister Donna McClurkin. Um gotta give some prayers up because Jesus literally took the will and um probably didn't steer it all the way right, but um sister <laughs> Donna McClurkin um put an Instagram post in the hospital bed with her glasses on, lips perched out with the um, hospital gown on, saying was in a serious accident at twelve fifty AM this morning. Coming from, I don't know where he's coming from at twelve fifty a.m. Because all church services should be over by then. Bible study should be over. Bible study's not Wednesdays. Yeah, doesn't since that was, yeah. Yeah, New Year's Eve day. They don't got their website service. What the fuck? Exactly. Is he said it passed out while driving on the highway. Told up the car, hospitalized, going through a mirage, um, mirage test. Um, but I'm alive. Lost consciousness driving, but two human angels followed my swerving car with their emergency blinkers on to stop traffic. Drove behind me until my car crashed into the middle of the concrete island. I remember none of it except those two angels pulling me out of the passenger side of the crumbled total car. The total was in all caps, airbags deployed, crushed metal and fiberglass. I am alive. Somewhat mangled, stitches on left thumb, sprained wrist, of course. Hurt knee, but I'm still here. God and two angels saved my life. I owe them. I'm still here by the grace of God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Well, his bent wrist is already bent, so how many, how much uh, spring can it get? But <laughs> well, I got a question about you. And watch you crash. Did follow him with the you know, the And why did they call the police when you was doing all this work and they let you crash like that? And so you guys know that um, our good sis Donnie, you know. He's been battling some health issues as well. So I don't know if this was just, you know, me or just, you know, he was fatigued. Like you said, I'm not sure what <laughs> service he was preaching at, what revival was going on at 12.50 a.m., but not the ones that I've ever been to. Um, so I'm not sure what kingdom you was uplifting the building, Miss um, <laughs> McClurkin. But again, who am I to judge your, late light, your, <laughs> your nightlife and your late night calls or whatever? But at the same time, um, so again, I don't know if this was just me or him being fatigued or, you know, maybe a result of some mm. health issues that he may have. So, again, we are going to keep her in yes. step in total exactly. prayers. Break every time. But 
Um, but yes, but um, <laughs> yeah, bro, bro. but um, <laughs> at any rate, <laughs> at any rate, um, I did also read something where he is actually set, um, scheduled to be out of the country. I think about it mm-hmm. in the week. Is that travel um, happen? To perform, yeah, to perform like in concert. It's not Nigeria. It's somewhere out of the country, though. And um, you know, I guess he say he that's not gonna stop his motherfucking cold <laughs> or his motherfucking his bag. Chanel bag. So supposedly he's out of the hospital. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> supposedly he's out of the hospital, recovering and is still planning um to go and do this concert. Isn't that? I think it may be Nairobi. Right. I believe it's Nairobi. So Pastor McClure can so, get him flued um, out. And I'm sitting here looking at this picture of him with these glasses on. Like you said, the yeah. hospital got getting it. Getting flued out first. overseas. Okay, shout the city girls getting flued out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. the of the motherfucking year. You that. Yeah. I guess we do need to free JT. Because what? <laughs> You don't drink water, your poop stink then, you drink all these waters and stuff. I mean, I mean all these juices and sodas. You have shows refrigerated <laughs> full of grape sodas, of course, such a stereotype. You know, Risha, I love you, you cool and stuff like that because you know you're you're the ratchet, you know, you you are the epiphany of what ratchet is. You know, you flew it out, you know, you went out the cabo. You, go, you, you got a man that out. people say look like what? he beat you. You said and do or something like that. So I mean, it's. When someone told you, we go flew. We go flew. When someone told her to drink water, she said suck my dick. I said now come on, they're just trying to look out for your health. Your kidneys will <laughs> shut the fuck down. They're just trying to look out for you to drink water, and you telling them to suck a dick. Okay, now. <laughs> yeah, we just go ahead and free JT because bitch, you don't need to be the first help concert. You don't need to be the first, the spokesperson for the rappers. Period. No motherfucking ball. That's our video, and we go flew the rappers, and we go, we go flew when it's out. I was like, okay, bitch. Oh my goodness, what a ratchet time to be alive. So I uh, was speaking of ratchet. So we Monique uh, had a good discussion about this uh, the other day. So last week, a show producer in um, Louisville. He put on the plate of the Wiz <laughs> at the Brown hilarious. Theater in Louisville. A lot more than 100 people. Now, this, you know, this is not a little hard production. This must have been the school auditorium for the 100 people because they were, um, they all complained that about the janky performance and they all wanted refunds. But the promoter said that he would not be giving, or the producer said he would not be giving no refunds to none of y'all motherfuckers. So, it's an adaptation of the class of 1939 film, The Wizard of Oz, and we know it started all black cast. We all know the Wiz movie, you know the Broadway play, Stephanie Mills' home, all that, blah, blah, blah. So, along the, some of the complaints um, put on by Island Entertainment KC, among, uh, Dorothy forgot her lines, the cavalry line looked like a bear, and had uh, the projected image on the magical land of Oz was interrupted by laptop notifications. Um, but what can we go back to the lab real quick? This no. motherfucker they had no goddamn tail. This was Paul. Head of the black dirty ass And then look, this story, what I was trying to reread over the story today, somebody else 
<laughs> this and not just Sasquatch, a dumb Sasquatch. Uh, <laughs> he said the comedy line costume did not require the actor to wear shoes or paws on his feet, but he could not recall him wearing a black sock. That's what Slaughter, the producer, said. He said, however, that there were problems such as missing props, poor sound quality, and microphone issues at the venue. He blamed those issues on the Brown Theater, saying the facility did not give the show time for a technical rehearsal. I mean, you put on the damn show. You don't see Tyler Perry or um, what's uh, well, who's the other producer that's always doing Russ Parr, all these people doing these stages all the time. Yeah, so they had so uh, and then apparently they had a two a three o'clock show. And what was it, three and whatever the evening show was? So, like you said, the three o'clock show, literally, I guess, <laughs> was a rehearsal, even though it was supposed to be the show itself. That was, they considered that they rehearsal. Just a bunch of foolishness. <laughs> uh, what do you say? The, um, <laughs> the, um, the backdrop was, I guess, off of somebody's laptop, yeah. projector, off somebody's computer. Yeah, and so what was supposed to be, I guess, um, the land of Oz or whatever was a was basically <laughs> a cornfield and a bar, and then it was somebody's personal laptop. So they have like notifications, YouTube notifications, and Google notifications. This shit was popping up on the screen. They said Dorothy was forgetting her lines in the middle. And then you guys know in the classic, The Wizard of Oz, um, you know, Dorothy wants to go back to Kansas. In the Wiz, um, I guess um, Diana Ross's character, she wants to go back to Harlem. This bitch, she wanted to go back to Texas or something. <laughs> so, yeah, like you said, I don't know what the motherfucking kind of production this was. I mean, <laughs> goddamn, Jada's dead. <laughs> It's kindergarten. The Christmas play was better than this shit from what I read, but it is just hilarious. And black folks, I would think they can get over and pull something over there. You gonna charge these people sixty five dollars for seats and then not give them their money back? Exactly. I think I'm fucked up this whole thing. What the what the sound quality got to do with your exactly? My goodness. So, I mean, black people. I know we gotta you know support our own, but sometimes we probably just gotta you know. Now, if I see this at Norfolk State, I might got a question inside eye a little bit before I actually go see it. So I might. Y'all <laughs> better say, y'all better not take this show on nobody's fucking world. Y'all ought to be ashamed of yourselves. So exactly. A mess at that. My gosh. So, <laughs> speaking of a mess, Monique, let's talk about your um, experience earlier today at Herbalife. Because, um, you know, we're in the Christmas spirit right now. You see a lot of commercials, you know, paying the forward and stuff like that. And, you know, Starbucks is known for that, you know, whatnot. I personally do it sometimes, not all the time, but if I see someone with a soda at the soda machine, I put a dollar and five cent in the machine, get them a soda, and pat, leave it on the counter. That's passing the, paying the it, I suppose. But, um, I'm still trying to take advantage. But when did you guys <laughs> pay a motherfucker forward to me? But, <laughs> anyway, so yes, you guys know while we have kind of um, been on our little break, I have been trying to lose a little weight. So I have been doing Herbalife um, mm-hmm. since what? April. So I go every morning to one of the little Herbalife shops. This is my same shop I go to every morning. I get there, I guess, every morning between like eight. But I guess 
between like eight o'clock and eight fifteen. So when I go in this morning, the um lady that runs it, she's like, oh, you know, early this morning because she opens her shop about six o'clock in the morning. So she's like, oh, you know, um. Early this morning, my first customer, she came in and she paid for another customer's drink. And so pretty much we've started this whole pay it forward chain, you know. And so I said, okay. <clears throat> so I guess, so again, like I was telling Reggie, there's um, kind of, you know, my same crew of people, um, crew of girlfriends are always there at the same time. So I thought, okay, well, there's a young lady named Tanya that typically comes in behind me. So I'm like, okay, so when she comes in or there's a young lady named Coco. So I was like, you know, when one of the two of them comes in, I'll get their drink. Well, neither one of them had come in. And so I guess about maybe like three or four minutes after she says that, you know, it's a set of Mexicans that come in, um, two ladies. Two two females and a male. So I was like, well, shit, I ain't gonna pay for motherfucking three drunk. That's a little bit too goddamn much. So literally right after that, there's a girl that walks in. And mind you, I have never seen this girl a motherfucking day in my life. I've never seen her there. I just she comes in maybe later on in the day. I don't know, or um maybe earlier in the morning. I don't know. But I had never seen her before. So she kind of comes and she and the way this herbal life is set up, mm. it's actually like a like a bar. So you know, everybody's sitting at the counter. So she's sitting, so she sits, she stands up alongside me. So um, you know, I said, Oh, are you drinking today? And so she said, Yeah. And I said, well, I tell her about the whole, you know, pay for a chain. So she, and I said, so I'm going to get your drink today. And I said, you just make sure that you pay for somebody else before you leave. So she said, oh, God, God really does work in a serious <laughs> way. Now, remind you, a regular Herbalife drink is $6. That includes your um, aloe water, your fat-burning tea, and then your actual protein shake, $6. That bitch <laughs> told her off, started telling the owner, she started adding all this extra shit in there. And so she, about the fourth thing that she said that was extra, I looked over at, I looked at that bitch up and down and I looked at the owner and I said, no, ma'am, I don't know, ma'am, I'm not paying for her. All this extra stuff that she's ordering, you can, she can pay for her own. I'm going to pay for one of these messages that are here. The value, and by this time, I was like, Pete, yeah. like, okay, bitch, you was taking advantage. And then I thought about it, the goddamn owner is Mexican. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit, I was because even the owner, she was like, she was like, oh, Roxy, her name, the owner's name is Roxy, oh, Roxy, add some, um, can I get a coffee in that, then can I get a protein bar, bitch, they already give you protein in the goddamn shake, what are you adding an actual protein bar in it for, then she wanted, um, they do something called a liftoff, which is an inner, is something like an energizer, she ordered a liftoff, and like, again, this is anywhere from two to four dollars extra. Um, and then it was something else. I, I was like, oh, hell, fuck no. Nah. I'm going to show your ass. I got a trick in the treat for your ass. If you think I'm going to pay for all this shit, I'm going to tell you just how serious the Lord got it. Because I'm not paying for a motherfucking thing extra. Because even, even Roxy was like, coffee? You know, because she's like, and then I think she was pissing her off because she was standing up there at the blender making the stuff. Then you keep adding all this extra stuff. And then this is stuff that you never added before or whatever. So um, I was like, yeah, let her pay for all that. I'm paying one of these messages <laughs> down here. <laughs> so yeah. how the fuck dare you? Then come to find out uh -uh. you ain't paid from the day before. <laughs> so you owe about $20. <laughs> 
I was like, okay, no, no, no goddamn thank you. Now, the Christmas season, I understand we in the season for giving and sharing or whatever. It ain't about receiving all the time, but you are clearly trying to take advantage of me. And that ain't what this Christmas season is about. It ain't about taking advantage of me and my goddamn money. You better go fucking find somebody else to motherfucking play with. If you think that I didn't realize that your ass was adding all this extra shit and you definitely didn't get that stuff yesterday. Because like I said, even the lady was like, well, you want what? You won't, you know, you asking for all this stuff Being you never asked for in your fucking life. Okay, bitch, you gonna pay for all that extra? <laughs> I'm gonna pay for one of these essays. Yeah, she sounds she running the task like she had the dental Moesha. Goodness, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Not a nigga. Then come to find out she you ain't paid from yesterday. Then she looked like she was a little nervous about giving rock to her. Like, you better give it to her because, bitch, I'm not paying for none of that extra shit. Now, I, you know, I may get a little something. You know, have this thing called Prolesta, which is a powder that you can take and it helps to like suppress your appetite a little longer. So when the lady, <clears throat> when the lady that paid for mine, you know, she just did my $6. So I told my sister, well, just, you know, don't forget my Prolesta. So, when mm-hmm. I paid for this gentleman down here, you know, his six dollars, just add my four dollars for my prolesser on there. That's fine. You know, so that's what? Nine dollars. But hell no, nah, I'm not about to um what should be six dollars. I'm not about to pay no goddamn fifteen dollars for all this shit she was exactly. Bitch, is you crazy? She said, Oh God, it really does work in mysterious ways, bitch. I'm gonna show you just how mysterious the Lord God can be. Because you think I'm about to pay for all this extra shit, your ass is a motherfucking lie. <laughs> and the truth ain't in your ass. Oh my goodness! So pre- that's the moral of the story, everybody, for the holiday season, people. I know it's the season of giving and stuff like that, but don't take advantage of it because you will get that trick right back in your face. So you forgot I'm from Bad News. I am not originally from <laughs> Richmond, like you said. We shoot first and ask questions, mother. <laughs> oh my goodness! But everybody, <laughs> I, we definitely thank you all for rocking with us for this show. Um. So, like I said, this is a tape show now, people, so this is not live. So, you know, your comments and stuff will not be in real time, but you will hear it the day after. So, we will um put the show out. You can listen to it on your local um iTunes, iPodcast section, um, Google Play, Monique's platform of choice, which I still don't understand. Um, so, you know, we... <laughs> <laughs> you know what? And then, of course, today. on YouTube as well. On well, we'll put it on YouTube two days later, only because it takes a while to upload on YouTube. So two days later, after this episode, you'll hear it on YouTube as well. So you can play it on YouTube, which is now the Google platform. And then also, um, and then I think, if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> it's going to be on some other platforms too. So I had to double check to see what happens with that people, but. Wait, and I just they, they are so I, <laughs> once we get this episode up, they, uh, it will start monetizing. I suppose um, it's supposed to. It's a- <laughs> you suppose I get you. I, I suppose this time around, I better see a motherfucking chat. So everyone, spread the word. FNL is back, everybody, in podcast form. And you can follow me on Twitter at Mr. Doc MRDOC, Monique at Cookie Love nineteen eighty. Um, and then on facebook.com slash FNL radio on youtube.com slash FNL radio dash TDR. And like I said, the other platforms I posted up there once I think Spotify too, or something else, some other podcast platforms. So I'll let you all know once it's up there. So, you know, you can listen at any time. So Monique um, can get her monetization on, um, for the holiday season. So she could pay it forward, uh, to other people. <laughs> <laughs> 
Now don't mind paying it for a woman, bitch. Just don't take motherfucking advantage of my goddamn patty. Don't take it for motherfucking weakness. And don't let out the don't let out this motherfucking Gucci and motherfucking um red bottoms and be dressed for success and all that stuff. Don't let that shit fool you, bitch. I will put foot up your ass. God damn it. I cannot believe her fucking ass. You crazy. Yeah, she said you gonna get everything you ever dreamed of in your goddamn dress, but bitch, you gonna pay for it. This get goddamn morning. Thank you all for listening, everybody. <laughs> you have a good night, everybody. Don't bust people up heads with bottles. Good night, everybody. And please, people, use your motherfucking exactly. words. Good night, everybody. Check y'all next words. time. Peace. <laughs>